Welcome back to the official review. I'm Mitchell Graham. And I'm Zach Brown. And we have a loaded one. You are listening to this Thursday morning. It is the day of the NFL draft. So you know that we are coming with our final and our first full mock draft. All 32 picks. I have the odd picks. Zach has the even picks. All here. Stay to the end of the episode. That's when we're going to do that. But we have plenty on the docket today. We've got an interesting cousin clash. We have got a lot to talk about NBA playoff wise. The MLB season is going on. We are going to talk some NFL draft storylines. Um, and then, yeah, just a lot of things to talk about. But I know we we kind of I don't we did not do this the last couple of weeks. But I think we've had a little beginning segment where we talk about the softball success. And yeah. last night was probably a new all time low for us score wise. Um, other than, since the Corinth not- league. When we it's lost not the worst score we've ever had. No. 30 to nothing is when we lost in the Corinth League. No, we lost Cor- the Corinth League was 33 to 1. 33 to 1. Okay, never mind. <laughs> and that's, they yeah. kept the game alive. I remember that. That was mm, frustrating. Yeah. But we lost 25 to 1 last night. 24 um, to 1. 24 to 1. Whatever. But um, yeah, I got to hit once uh, and I'm still hitless on the season. So <laughs> come back. Hey, when I get a hit is when. The Lions have that's a win. That's when we're going to win. That's when we're so, going to win. Yeah, if I get a hit, we win. <laughs> yes, we're going to so, win that day. Um, that's how the season is going. Uh, a lot of other things. Just kind of. Hey, I, w- I won a golf tournament this past week. Zach, Zach won a golf tournament. Yeah, dude, I won a two. I won a two man scramble golf tournament this weekend. So it's the first golf tournament I've ever participated in. Now, not to. I mean, I can't really take all score? the credit. I can't, I can't really take all the credit. Like I got partnered with the best guy in the whole organization. I got lucky. It was random draw and I got paired with the best guy in the whole organization and we shot a combined 82. So we won. Um, course conditions were tough guys. Come on. It's like the U S open. Well, the course was difficult because every single hole, either the T box was elevated or the greens were elevated. Beautiful. And when the greens were elevated, like if you didn't get it on the green, it was rolling a hundred yards down a hill. So it was, yeah. it was a pretty tough course, oh, but yeah. I had fun. Yeah. I mean, that's, um, you've got that over my head right now. Um, I did shoot a, they said a, a local course, not in a tournament. I shot a, uh, an adjusted scramble 78 because we didn't get to finish. I probably would have been at worse than 81. So uh, we're getting there golf wise. Um, had a, I mean, both of us have a lot of things going on right now. I know. You've got some stuff going on, and then I've got um, a lot of things going on on the uh, college side of things where I'm mm-hmm. UGA. I'm starting that a whole orientation process there, so that'll be interesting. Go dogs! Um, dogs. College football is on the on the cusp here, um, and what better way to transition into Cousin Clash? Because Cousin Clash this week is more is general trivia. So we don't have one set theme. Can you Basically, believe we've done this for 13 weeks and haven't done general trivia? <laughs> General trivia. I know we've been, I mean, it's come to that point where this might have to be an every week thing. Yeah. But um, what we're doing essentially is five questions, five different sports. You can, you start by asking the question. If you answer it with no multiple choice, you get three points. If you answer it incorrectly, then, and then you are given four multiple choice answers. If you get it, then you get one point. We have a bonus round. If we are tied, don't assist anticipate us being tied but we have college football nfl mlb nba wwe and then the bonus round if we need it 
which is a general miscellaneous. You can choose whatever you wanted. So I'm really excited about that. I said transitioning from college football because that is our first question. Zach, you won last week, correct? No, you won last week. I won last week. Yeah, I won you last won week. last week. I did. Okay, so I will start with my first question in the college football world. In 2004, which player finished second place in the Heisman voting, the highest finish ever for a freshman at the time? Hmm. For a freshman. At the time. I'm going to say Reggie Bush. That's your final answer. That's my final answer. That is incorrect. Okay. Now this helps you out a little bit because here's your multiple choice. A, Reggie Bush. B, Chad Henney. C, Mike Hart. Or D, Adrian Peterson. Um, I'm torn between two. But I'm literally just going to flip a coin because I don't, I don't know between the two. I'm going to say Adrian Peterson, final answer. That is correct. That is one yes, point. Uh, Let's Adrian go. Peterson at Oklahoma finished second in 2004, which was the highest finish ever for a freshman at the time. Obviously, I think um, Manziel won as a true freshman. Uh, I think he was the first true freshman yes. to ever win it. Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. Manziel was the first to win. So obviously that was at the time that was the highest. So um, it was the second place. So that's crazy. One point for Zach did not get it right off the rip, but you did help yourself out because if you wouldn't have said Reggie Bush, I think you probably would have been debating between Reggie Bush and Adrian Peterson. Yeah, I was debating. Once I had eliminated him, I was debating between Henny and Peterson. Yeah. But I just had to go with my gut. Mike Hart Peterson. never crossed your mind? No. I don't even know who that is, honestly. <laughs> oh. All right. What two teams, and I'm going to give you one of the teams. Okay. What two teams played in the first ever college football game? Rutgers and who? I'm going to go Rutgers and Yale. That is incorrect, but you helped okay. yourself. Your answers are A, Harvard. B, Yale. C, Princeton, D, Notre Dame. So I was in the right track of mind with Ivy League. Um, I'm going to go C, Princeton. Princeton is correct. Let's go, baby. Rutgers and Princeton played in the first ever college football game. The rules were much different back then. Touchdowns were only worth one point. There were no extra points. And the first team to six touchdowns won. So time me up for that. <laughs> good little six to five game, you know, one to one. Oh, those were good little. Uh, we both helped ourselves out there. So that was good. NFL. Which quarterback led the Patriots to their first Super Bowl appearance? Drew Bledsoe. Final answer. That is incorrect, but you helped yourself out. Is it A, Drew Bledsoe, B, Doug Flutie, C, Tom Brady, or D, Tony Eason? I'll say Tony Eason, final answer. That is correct. Tony Eason is the correct answer. 1984, the Patriots made their first Super Bowl appearance with Tony Eason as the starting quarterback. Very, very good. All right. 
my NFL question, what team began in 1960, started that year, 0-11-1, took seven years to finally have a winning record, and then in that same season, they made the playoffs and they lost to the Packers in the NFC title game. What team is that? The Detroit Lions. That is incorrect. A, the Dallas Cowboys. B, the Minnesota Vikings. C, the LA Rams. And D, the Chicago Bears. Um, I'm going to go D, the Chicago Bears. That is incorrect. The correct the answer was the Dallas Cowboys. Wow. Okay. See, I did. I thought. I thought Dallas was older than that. I thought. I thought the Cowboys were older. There you got me. Dang. Okay. Well, that that was a good one. That was that that one got me. All right. This one, Zach. There is two correct answers. You can guess either of them on the no multiple choice, but I'm only selecting one for the multiple choice. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Which pitcher has the most career seasons with 300 plus strikeouts? Oh, I thought we were moving on to NBA next, but that's fine. Oh, MLB was on was my next. Okay. Um, which pitcher? Okay. Repeat the question. Which pitcher has the most career seasons with 300 plus strikeouts? The most career seasons. Nolan Ryan. Final answer. Is absolutely correct. That was a three-pointer. Do you know who the other one is tied with them at six? Roger Clemens. I don't know. Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. Some other names on that list. Kurt Schilling, Sandy Koufax, and Pedro Martinez. All had six? No, they all had, they were all in the top five. Okay, cool. All right, All right, so I'm up five, five to one. Yeah, I need to recover here. With All right, so I'll move on to my MLB. I thought NBA was next, but that's okay. Who has the most opening day starts at a single position in Major League history with 21 opening day starts? At a single position. This is tough. Wow. Um, I'm going to go Derek Jeter. That is incorrect. Okay. A, Ken Griffey Jr. B, Ted Williams. C, Pete Rose. And D, Willie Mays. Um, um, Give me Ted Williams. That is incorrect. The correct answer was Willie Mays. Center field? Right field. Right field. 21 consecutive opening day starts at right field. Wow. Okay, this is rough. All right. Well, maybe. I don't know. I kind of gave you a... I, uh, NBA. Who is the youngest player to score 10,000 points in the NBA? Hmm. 
the youngest player, LeBron James. That's absolutely correct. Three points. Eight second, to one. Second was. Second. Um, Kobe Bryant. That's absolutely correct. Wow. They were eight. Uh, they were two of the youngest people coming in to the, the league at the time. So you had LeBron, Kobe. My, my multiple choice was Kobe, MJ, Wilton, LeBron. So there you go. You got LeBron correct. Now asking my NBA, I think I have to basically get, I don't think I can get, I don't think I can win. No, you can't. Even if you get both three pointers, you're down eight to one. So yeah. In what year did Steve Nash make his first all-star game? Um, Steve Nash, one of the most underwhelming MVP seasons we've ever seen from him. If you look at the, the stats, all-time leader in free throw percentage. When did he make his first all-star appearance? When did he make his first all-star game? Two thousand three. That's not correct, but you helped yourself out. Okay. A two thousand three. B two thousand. C two thousand one. D two thousand five. I'm gonna go two thousand one. That is correct. Two thousand one was his first All Star game. All right. Well, eight to two. Moving on to the WWE question. Yeah. So your WWE question, Zach. Which superstar did Shawn Michaels not partner with to capture the WWE World Tag Team Championship? Okay. Is this the same question you were going to ask me? It's not the same question, but I think I saw this question when you were were on WWE's website, weren't you? Yeah. The answer is Marty Jannetty. 11 to 1. The answer is Marty Jannetty. We freaking went to the same website. We both were looking for questions. Um, Let me ask you your question. Which two WWE superstars attended WrestleMania 6 as kids before becoming WWE superstars themselves? WrestleMania 6 as kids. WrestleMania 6 took place in Toronto. Thanks for the layup. Was it uh, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens? That is not correct. Your, your question, your choices are A, Jeff and Matt Hardy, B, Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit, C, Edge and Christian, or D, Trish Stratus and Stacey Keebler. Edge and Christian. Edge and Christian is correct. Those last three answer choices, they're all from Canada. So I thought they they throw you off if I pick if you, you said if Canada, I did those answer choices. Like Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, whatever. Both Edge Canada. and Christian. I even gave you a new new two people from Canada. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was cheap, but whatever. Do you want to know? Do you want to know my bonus question? Sure. What's LeBron? What's LeBron James's record in elimination games in the NBA playoffs? 
Um, wow, that's a very specific answer. Um, I'm going to say... 25 games. He's faced elimination. 25 games. He's probably like what? Like... 15 and 10? Something like that? 14 and 11. Ah, oh, 14 and 11. Yeah. He is 14 and 11 in elimination games, but he's been eliminated 11 times. So that's the most out of any of the big names. What was your bonus question? I didn't have one. If we would have got, if we would have gotten there, I would have just picked one off this, this list of ones I was doing from. So, well, I just got obliterated. So let's just, let's just move on. Um, <laughs> Nine to four now total in the cousin clash scores. Yep, 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 yep. But that's okay. We have a lot to talk about. I don't know if you want to start with the NFL. Yeah, we can start with the NFL news and then we'll circle back at the end with the, yeah. uh, the draft Long draft. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so obviously the NFL draft is this week and it's, it's today, the day that you're listening, um, the day we're recording, it is not happening, but the day you're listening, it is um, a quick, quick plug. If you're listening to this show, Mitchell will be on another show that is doing live draft coverage. They'll be doing a live show during the draft. Um, fourth and wrong. If you go on YouTube and search armchair banter, it'll be on that page. Yeah. And I will also be guest appearing for, I think, one segment. I won't be on the whole show, but Mitchell will be on the entire show. I'm leaving so, at 1130. So if you're on, if you are staying until picks 28, 29, 30, you won't see me. But yeah, I'll be on there for four hours. So just be okay. There you that. go. There you go. Um, so, yeah, the NFL draft is this week. Um, something I wanted to talk about Trayvon Walker has now become the Vegas favorite to be the number one pick. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he's been gaining a lot of buzz and a lot of steam in recent weeks. And usually when it comes to betting odds, Vegas usually has inside information that a lot of people don't have access to. And so in most cases you can trust the Vegas odds because they don't want to lose money, you know? So I would, I would venture to say Trayvon Walker has a very good, very good shot to be the number one pick. So be on the lookout for that Trayvon Walker. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not even like great for great for Trayvon Walker, you know, like great, but this is bigger for the university of Georgia coming off a national championship game, coming off of this great, tremendous season. And now you have a number one overall draft pick. This is just going to do numbers in recruiting even more than they already are. Because, and this is also proves that you don't have to put up 15 sacks a game to be a number one pick. Your right. film, your practice matters. Because you know, right now, what we're looking at Jamari Sawyer shut down Aiden Hutchinson in the Orange Bowl. Yeah. There is tape of Trayvon Walker destroying Jamari Sawyer in practice. Yeah. Tape matters. Tape matters. And I'm going to hop off of schedule real quick. Breaking news out of University of Georgia. Former Georgia, um, former Georgia linebacker Adam Anderson has been indicted and charged with the rape of the 21-year-old woman on October 29th. It is official. Um, hate to see it. No, we don't like 
want to dwell on this and talk about it a lot, but you hate to see it for a guy that was talking about first round draft picks was a guy that was going to be probably the highest. Yeah. It was rumored before the year, the highest rated Georgia prospect. On he, the was, defensive line. he was the best pass rusher on and on the best defense in the country. Yeah. And now his career is ruined and his life, his life is ruined yeah. and deservedly. So, I mean, Honestly, you know, I, I am I am a big proponent of innocent until proven guilty. And obviously he was proven guilty today. So, um, you know, he he deserves the punishment that he's going to get. And that's, that's just unfortunate to throw your whole career away um, because of a decision you made. But uh, that's that's the way it is. Exactly. Um, so we don't have to dwell on that. Talk about it anymore. Yeah. But I, I'm breaking news on this show. Obviously, you're not going to hear it until two days. But. We literally got notifications at the same time. I heard our phones buzz at the exact same time. So anyways, yeah. back to Trayvon Walker in the recruiting. We've seen Jamari Sawyer shut down Aiden Hutchinson, who was the betting favorite for the most of this time. And Trayvon Walker, who is just a dog. He's the uh, he's 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 big. He's athletic. He's I love Trayvon Walker. And he was one of those guys that you really didn't even talk about on the Georgia defense this 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 year. I know he was, he was kind of a behind the scenes unsung hero Grinder. type of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes, it makes guys like, I know Jermaine Johnson's going to go high in our mock draft and he's going to go, he's going to go top 15, but it makes a guy like him look a little bit stupid because yeah, he wasn't getting the production that he was getting at, at Georgia, but Trayvon Walker really didn't have great numbers and he's about to go number one overall. Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a, a sign to Georgia's, uh, to Georgia's year. I think Georgia is on pace to break a record for most players drafted in a single draft this year, which is yeah. going to be insane. But I think, I think it's also a testament to the, the guys that Kirby's bringing in yeah. to just buy into the system. Mm-hmm. You're not, you might not get the playing time that you want, but if you buy into what we're doing here, we're not only going to have success here at Georgia, but it's going to help you in your draft stock Yep, because Trayvon Walker, I'm pretty sure he split time with a couple other guys yeah, on the line. I was just about to say, he was not a every snap player. Yeah. And he's about to go number one overall. Number so one. It's, it's, just a, it's just a testament to that. And, how, and it's also a testament to just how good this defense was this yeah. past season. Yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was one thing to be like, yeah, okay, this team is good because we're, we're like not letting up any touchdowns to anybody. But then, like you see us in the biggest games on the grandest stage, and then you see us in the draft. Like these are like these are people that spend all of their like that's their job is 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 scouting people and making sure that you're making the right draft and mm-hmm. and evaluating talent. And they're saying, okay, this guy he didn't put up a lot of numbers, but he's the best player available, and he's going to go number one overall. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. I, mean, I love it. Um, I could talk about it. it just makes me happy, happy for him. I'm happy for him. Um, he obviously has not gone number one. I've seen mock drafts where he goes as low as eight to the Falcons. I'll take it. I'll take yeah. it. But anyways, um, you had a, that, that. That's crazy. Well, and obviously, as you're listening to this is going to be happening in what it could be in 30 minutes. If you're listening to it right before the draft, who knows what time you're listening to this? Maybe you're listening to it after the draft. I mean, who knows? And maybe we're dead. Maybe our, our, we'll be dead wrong about a lot of things, but we'll be that's okay. I, I, look, we'll I, I, I hope I'm wrong about what I think the Falcons are going to do or what I, what Zach thinks the Falcons. <laughs> I hope yeah. I'm dead wrong. Go ahead. 
All right. So uh, most teams right now, this is going to be an interesting draft because most teams right now are wanting to move down, but there's not very many teams that want to move up. So that's makes it difficult, you know, with it not being a very quarterback heavy draft and not a lot of key positions that have a lot of talent there. A lot of teams are wanting to move down. The only team I've even heard that's even remotely interested in moving up is the Cowboys. Um, I've heard they've wanted to move up to either take a wide receiver or a pass rusher. Who knows with Jerry, he's going to make a decision based on how he's feeling than that moment, Mm -hmm. because that's kind of just how he drafts. But, um, you know, there's rumor that he has drafted. Well, really he has, but it really does just come down to, okay, what is he feeling in that moment? You know, he's going to evaluate who's been picked so far, and then he's going to be, you know, make a move based off that. A lot of rumors that he wants to move up and take Kayvon Thibodeau, which, I mean, I know we've had a lot of criticism for Thibodeau, and he's moved down a lot of draft boards. But honestly, in his time at Oregon, he wasn't asked to, pa- to rush the passer a whole lot. He was asked to do a lot of other things. But when he was asked to rush the passer, he almost always got there. So he isn't, I I think he, I think he can definitely be somebody that pans out somebody that we wouldn't have to pay if he ends up being an elite pass rusher. And Dallas lost all, we just lost all of our pass rushers basically this past Mm -hmm. off season. We need somebody to replace him. And so I think that'd be a, a solid pickup. And if, if we move up high enough and if Trayvon Walker's available, heck yeah, take him. And I'll buy a Trayvon Walker jersey tomorrow, you know? So, um, you know, I just felt like that was interesting that a lot of teams are wanting to move down and really nobody wants to move up. It starts with because there's no top end talent in this. And like there is no shiny toy that you're going after in the top of this draft. It's a lot of look, I I am firm believer. This might go down as a as one as a top three class of the last 15 years. Top to bottom. I think everyone in the first round. Would could be a top 15 pick in any other year. Yeah. And, but I don't think there's guys that if you throw all these guys in a draft class with, with let's say a Miles Garrett, if any of them are even coming close to going number one, there's not that kind of player. So you feel like, and with all this depth, you feel like if you go from, say, a, a seven to a 14 or the, the Panthers, I know they're looking at six to maybe 14, they can. They want quarterback. We know the Panthers want quarterback at this point. Yeah. They can fall back to 14 and still get quarterback. Yeah. And still get more draft capital later in the draft because it's that deep. We're looking at guys like Nicobe Dean who could, who are going to fall to the second round. Like who are legitimate. Yeah, which is crazy. Who are legitimately looking at falling to the second round. And it's just a deep draft from top to bottom. So that to me is why people are looking to look down or there's two reasons because it's so, it's so compact, so close. Everyone is so good, but there's no one that's great yet. I think there will be Kayvon Thibodeau. If he had a right head on him, maybe if he played somewhere else would be a consensus. Number one pick. Aiden yeah. Hutchinson had some struggles on pro day. He'd be enough. He was supposed to be the consensus. Number one. And now you've got Trayvon Walker, a guy who had like what? Three sacks last year. Yeah. Who's going to be the number one pick. So. I think it's interesting. I think I, I love it. It's definitely going to be a, a very uh, interesting draft. The last thing we want to talk about um, with the NFL is will wide receivers become like the running back position? And this is, this is why I, I pose this question. 
You see the scenario with Debo Samuel. You see the scenario with A.J. Brown and Terry McLaurin. And a lot of guys are saying that they are the wide receiver position is in danger because there's so much talent already in the league. There's so many really good wide receivers already in the league. And it seems like every year in the draft, we get like three or four more really good wide receivers. And it seems like that that position is becoming so flooded with talent that it's not going to be necessary to pay wide receivers anymore because you can just draft them. And it's going to become like the running back position. That's what happened with the running backs. They became so flooded with talent that you don't have to pay a running back anymore. Once their rookie contract, once their rookie contract is done, you can let them walk, draft another one, and they'll probably be just as good, if not better, than the one you just had. So, other than a select few that are like you know really really top tier, but still, is the wide receiver position in danger of becoming like the running back position? No, because I feel like wide receivers are having more impact overall than running backs in in today's NFL. I think a lower a lower end running back is better than a lower end wide receiver. You can survive with a with a very mid running back like a Mike Davis. If you look at the Falcons, Falcons are a great example. You can survive with a lower end running back like Mike Davis. You can give the ball to um whatever the guys I forgot his name, but he was he was a he was our third string running back. You can give it to him, and you can get production from him. Well, wide receiver, you look at our wide receiver room right now, it's Alameda Zacchaeus. You can't have success with bad wide receivers, but I think you can have success with bad running backs. I don't think, I think the positional value of a wide receiver, while yes, there's a lot of good ones, you can never have too many good ones. You can only have one, one running back or two running backs on the field at once. You can have up to four wide receivers at once. Yeah, I, I'm not necessarily talking about the importance of the position. I think we're in an era where the wide receiver's importance is definitely second only to the quarterback on offense. My point is, is if we get so flooded, if the, if, if the league gets so flooded with wide receivers, wide receivers aren't going to get paid anymore. Debo Samuel, who's out here asking for $40 million, the, the Niners can just be like, heck no, I'm not paying you $40 million. I'll just go draft one. That's may not be as elite as you are, but it'll be good enough to get us to the playoffs, yep. you know? So that, that, that's, that's my point. I, I feel like there's so many good receivers in every single draft. Now I just feel like wide receivers across the country are getting better and better out of college that eventually that position is not going to get paid anymore because there's you're, you're a dime a dozen now. I mean, there's, there's a select few that are just going to be elite and that's how it is at every position. There's a select few four or five guys that are just far, far and away better than everybody else. But other than that, if you're not in that group, you're not going to get paid because there's a hundred other guys that are just like you. That's really what my point was in saying that. Yeah. I just, I don't, what my thing is, is I just don't under, I don't see, you don't see running backs going top 10 unless they are just elite and every running back we've talked about. A lot of the running backs that have gone top 10 are out of the league or always injured. Yeah. A very, a, a big handful of, them. And, and the reason for that is because of the physicality of that position. Wide receivers are so protected in this league. You can't even hold on to one. You can't touch one when they're going for uh, going, running a route. 
So because they're more protected, they're not going to be taking hits. Whereas a guy like Debo Samuel, he's playing two positions and he plays very physical. So he's taking a lot of hits. And I mean, honestly, I don't blame the 49ers for not wanting to pay him because he's really only had one elite season. The year before that, he spent most of the year injured. So the Niners are kind of like, can we just get like one more year of production like that before we pay you this kind of money? So I, I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily think the Niners are being unreasonable. You've had one elite season, and it's not. I mean, we like the way we like the fact that you play super physical, but by you playing that way, you're not going to have a 15 year career in this league. Yeah, and I look, I get it, and I don't want to ponder on this point because we have a whole mock draft to do. Um, but I just feel like you, wide receiver will always. I don't know if it's ever going to fall into the same category as running back because it is insane what's happened to the running back position. Well, it, eventually football will transition into a new era. We may, we may transition into back into a running game as paramount era. We don't know because every sport transitions into different eras. It's not the, always the, era, the same. Forever. It's not an era. The era is still run the football and you're good. Like you have a good football. If you have a good running back, that's, yeah. that's just not what I'm saying. If you have a good run game, you're going to have success. But not it doesn't take a top level running back to have a good running game. Yes. But 10 years ago, you didn't have to have a, a, an elite wide receiver on your team to win a Super Bowl. Now, if you don't have two at least really good wide receivers, you're, you don't have a chance. So what I'm saying is we could transition into an era, you know, where I, I don't know, wide receivers aren't as important anymore. You know, just just stuff like that. Yep. Even quarterbacks nowadays are more important than they used to be. Quarterbacks are the most valuable position on the field. And that's why they're the highest paid players out of any sport because they're, they are the most important position on the field. All right, let's go into the NBA. Uh, The NBA is, is your baby. It's your, it's your thing. Um, So, you know, you, you might, you mainly are going to talk about this in the NBA playoffs, but something I want to mention is Ben Simmons clearly doesn't love basketball uh, because he was, you know, rumored that he was going to play in the postseason. Then he's, oh, I, I'm hurt. Then he's going to make his debut in game four. And then he decides after 10 days of feeling good at practice, now all of a sudden he's got back soreness again and he's not going to play in game four. And the Nets get swept. So Ben Simmons clearly doesn't love basketball. And in the same vein, I think it's time for KD to part ways with Kyrie. He needs to go to the front office and say, look, I made a mistake. I thought this would work, but it's not going to work. Let's, I don't know, let's blow the team up. Let's start over. We need to do something to get, because he's only got like three years left of his prime. He's got to do something now if he wants to win a championship. Well, you contradicted yourself in the same sentence. You said KD needs to blow it up, but he's also only got three more years. He needs to stick with Kyrie and he needs to give Ben Simmons one year of actually playing before he decides he needs to go somewhere else. We, what, Look, I know Ben Simmons, he has no desire to play basketball, but when he's on the floor and he's not in his head, he's exactly what the Brooklyn Nets need. He's a lengthy defender that can pass and he can take attention away from Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Seth Curry, um, all these shooters that they have. Ben Simmons is, would be in the Bruce Brown role, and Bruce Brown had a tremendous series against the Celtics. Bruce, he would be in the Bruce Brown role the whole time, and he's a much better defender. He's a much better passer. He can't shoot, obviously but he doesn't need to shoot on a team like Brooklyn. It's a perfect fit. If he gets on the floor, I think Brooklyn is still, you've got 
KD just had a historically bad series for him. He's never been, he's never been swept before in his life. Kyrie scored 39 in game one and still lost game two. They had it. They were up by 20 game three. They had the lead for a good portion of the game. The Nets getting swept. Yes. Is embarrassing, but there was three games. They legitimately could have won if KD was anywhere near himself. So I don't think it's time to push the panic button on Kyrie Irving because he's going to be able to play every game next season. He's going to be able to get in the flow of basketball. He's not going to be in, he's not going to be in Ramadan. He's not going to be fasting for Ramadan. Like he's, they, you have to, you can't one. I know, I know the projects failed with James Harden, but they've got Ben Simmons. Ben, when Ben Simmons comes back, I think they're going to be okay. I'm a Ben Simmons fan when he's on the floor. I'm not a fan of his off court antics, obviously, but I'm a fan of him on the floor. I think he's a floor general. I, I think this whole, he can't shoot lowers his value is stupid because you can have value and not shoot. Draymond Green has shown that guys like um, Jared Vanderbilt for the Minnesota Timberwolves have shown that. There's a lot of players that have shown that. So I'm not on this whole train of Ben Simmons sucks. Yes, he sucks off the court, but on the court, he's exactly what Brooklyn needs. And Brooklyn does not need to just go ahead and blow it up. Give them a season. If they struggle again next year and don't get anywhere near the um, the conference finals or the NBA finals, which is their aspirations, then yes, I talk about maybe KD leaving, parting ways with Kyrie. You have to give it a season. And my last point KD, if he had half a shoe size smaller, would have would would have had Brooklyn in the conference finals last year. But he but he's not. But, I mean, but we could say we could have said coulda woulda shoulda. It hasn't it, been a failure. My, my 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 counter my counter argument to to that is if we if we think Ben Simmons is disinterested, Kyrie is very disinterested in basketball. He find like. Literally any kind of social cause he can find to get him off the court, he'll do that instead of playing basketball. It's like the guy is not basketball is not his first priority. And with Ben Simmons, it, I, I think, and, and I'll defend him a little bit here. I think it is a little bit unfair to ask him to make his his debut when he hasn't played in a year in Game Four when you're down three zero. That's a big stage. I think Ben Simmons while he would probably never admit it, I think he was a little, I guess, for lack of a better term, scared because he knows he has to play at a high level and he hasn't played in over a year. And so I think he maybe, in a way, just kind of chickened out of playing that game because he's like, look, I, I don't, I don't want to go out there and because I haven't played in a year, be, you know, be completely unproductive. And I think he is in his head a lot. Uh, the whole shooting thing, I think, is completely in his head. Um, I agree that he can totally help that team if he just does what he's good at. If he just um, doesn't try to shoot, if he just is a facilitator and plays defense, I think he's. I think he's a better fit for KD than Kyrie is, honestly. But um, you know, it's just it's just not a good it's just not a good formula to have two guys that are more interested in other things than playing basketball with KD. And I would make the argument that yeah, um, that they had the fact that they can still have success and still look good at times. They almost won three games. I know almost is, I mean, almost counts in hand grenades and horseshoes, but there's, there's legitimate cause that they could have, that this series could be like three, one Brooklyn or two, two going into game five. And Katie has not played well at all with Kyrie fasting with Ben Simmons, not playing and with his role players, not, not shooting well. So, that to me 
tells you need to give the team a chance, get Ben Simmons in there, even go to the halfway point of the season next year, the trade deadline. And if it's not working, make another change. Just, just you have, you can, basketball teams are way too impatient this day of age. Teams in general in sports are in too impatient with their big stars. I understand Katie's only got a couple more years, but Katie, after playing like that, revenge tour. That's all I'm saying. Oh, that's fair enough. What else did you want to talk about basketball wise? I, I mean, I just, I wanted to, I, a lot of things are happening. Obviously um, I want to talk about the new Orleans Pelicans. I want to talk about how tremendously fun to watch they've been against the Suns. Suns won 65 plus games this year. Obviously Devin Booker being out is hurt, but Chris Paul's put up a bunch of stinkers in the third, first four games. Chris Paul had a great game three where he took over in the fourth quarter, but game four was a, a historically bad performance for him. Um, Jay Crowder, Mikhail Bridges, Cam Johnson, and Landry Shaman are shooting a combined five for 50 from three in this series, uh, which is 10%, I'm pretty sure. 10% from three. No one's helping out Chris Paul at all, but Chris Paul's not helping himself. The Pelicans, though, you've got a guy like Herb Jones and Jose Alvarado, both, both rookies who are just clamping up. Jonas Valanciunas has had a good game in game four. Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum look like a beautiful duo of mid-range post-scoring, which I love so much out of that position. And lest we forget, both teams are without their best player. Yeah. Both teams. But I want to halt the panic because the Suns aren't going to lose the series. The Suns aren't going to lose the series. The Pelicans lost a game at home in game three. They won in game four. We're back in Phoenix for game five. It's going to be okay. Things are going to be okay for the Suns. Once they get Devin Booker back, they're going to be okay. This series, they might survive. It might go seven. I'm not even lying. It might go seven. The Suns will survive. They'll get Devin Booker back. And then they will be on their way to the Western Conference Finals because I think they'll beat Dallas. Or Utah. And look, if we if we had more time, I could talk about almost every series right now. I just do want to make a point. Minnesota is three and zero in a game where there's been a protest. They're zero and two in games where there has not been a protest. So Minnesota fans better hope for a protest on the court if you want to win the series. That's been a great series. Uh, The Warriors look really good. Jokic just had a nasty game. Um, to keep them alive in that series. Trey Young has struggled. By the time you listen to this, the Hawks might be eliminated and a lot of things might have happened in the in the series that I'm talking about. So it might change. That's why I won't go much into it. Um, let's jump right into MLB though. All right, MLB. Um, we've had to cut a couple segments for sake of time, but a couple of big things. Uh, some big news. Former MLB player Dave Stewart has uh, has collected some investors and has presented a $2 billion bid to create an expansion team in Nashville. Wants to call them the Nashville Stars. Now, I, I have no problem with MLB expansion. Uh, NFL has 32 teams, so um, I, I don't think it should get any bigger, really, than maybe 32. But I, I have no problem with expansion. Nashville is a, is a booming city. They've been thirsting, really, for a, a, a team. They support the Predators very well. Uh, I know we don't ever cover hockey, but they're, they, they cover the, the Predators very well. They're very loyal to that. Um, so 
I think it'd be a great place to have a team. Um, but I think that the MLB won't accept the bid unless they can find another city willing to take on an expansion franchise. Cause then you're just going to have an imbalance between the leagues. Um, so I think that's the only way they're going to be able to get it done, which in my opinion, bring baseball back to Montreal. We, we need the Expos back. That city is, is dying for baseball to come back every time before, before all the COVID stuff happened. Toronto used to go play like one series a year in Montreal and it was like standing room only for the entire series. Yeah. They really want their team back and bring baseball back to Montreal, bring back the Expos there. They are, they, they really want it there. And I think if either Oakland or Tampa Bay can't get a new stadium in the next couple of years, move them to Montreal because you know, you'll have, a stadium, which is it, the stadium there is old, but it's in a lot better condition than Tropicana and whatever in the Oakland and the Oakland Coliseum. So um, I think it'd just be a great place to have uh, a team back there, but interesting, you know, to see if Nashville ends up getting this team there, I think it'll be, I think it'll be good for the game. For sure. Um, and I, I imagine they'll probably do it the same way the NHL did when they had an expansion franchise, basically each team, will have to set their 40 man roster and then Nashville will have to basically draft players out of off any team they want to. That's not on a 40 man roster. And that's how they'll have to compile their new team. Um, yeah. So that's, that's, team. I bet, yeah. I bet it'll be a young team. Yeah. It'll be a very young team. Um, and then uh, this is kind of, this is going to be kind of a soapbox segment. Something must be done about Angel Hernandez. Something has to be done. Like we need to create a petition to major league baseball to get this man out of here. And in major league baseball's defense, the only reason why angel Hernandez is still a job is because the umpires are unionized. So it's very hard to fire somebody just for poor performance. You have to like actually do something like really bad in order to get fired. So angel Hernandez has missed over 2,600 balls and strike calls in the last seven years. That's not even including other calls, just balls and strikes. Somebody who has no life took the time to compile all the missed calls over the last seven years. It's over 2,600. He is just really bad is not even really the word for it. Like, I, I don't know if you're familiar with John boy, but John boy, he, he, John boy media, he breaks down a lot of baseball stuff. Yeah. And I, I like the way he put it. We used to think that Angel Hernandez was just bad. I don't think it's really that he's just bad. I just think he doesn't like long baseball games. I think he just likes to get games over with quicker. And so he just calls random stuff. Cause like that guy last night. Yeah. Like, I mean, he'll, they showed, they showed three pitches in a row that were in the exact same spot to three different batters. He called it a ball twice and then he called it a strike the other time when it would have been a strike three. But when it's not strike three, he won't call it. So it's just, it's, and Kyle Schwarber, man, my hat's off to him. He let him have it. Kyle Schwarber called him out, and he did it the right way. He did. He wasn't violent towards Angel Hernandez when he threw his bat. He threw it away from Angel. He threw his equipment away from Angel. He wasn't trying to be violent, but he was very upset, invisibly upset. And look, I understand the umpires are unionized, but something's got to be done. And then Angel Hernandez, he he tried to. He's trying to sue the MLB because he claims. Uh, discrimination because 
Uh, he hasn't been selected to a World Series crew since 2005. And it's oh, like, really? dude, it, there's, no, there's no discrimination going on. You're just not a good umpire. Yeah. You're the worst umpire in Major League Baseball. And there is a reason why there's always controversy at games that he is calling. And that's not, that's not just, that's not discrimination. That's not a coincidence. Something's got to be done about him. Rob Manfred, listen to this episode, start a petition right here. Fire Angel Hernandez, please. I mean, a single A umpire is better than him. I've got a friend of mine that I used to go to church with Josh Gilreath. He is an umpire in minor league baseball. He is probably better than Angel Hernandez. Call him up. Do something. Angel Hernandez is awful. I mean, I don't. I mean, he's he's pretty bad, obviously. But um, yeah, uh, it's affecting yeah. game. It's affecting the outcome of games at this point. Yeah, I mean, forget discrimination. Maybe you just suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lack of a better word. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. And then the final thing I want to cover is me. Miguel Cabrera gets to 3,000 hits. Congratulations to him. Um, I saw something the other day that uh, he is one of, I might have screenshotted it. I may not have. Hopefully I did. I did. Okay. So only six other men in history are a member of the 3,000 hit 500 homer club. Two of them have PED asterisks next to their name. Alex Rodriguez and Rafael Palmero. The others, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, Albert Pujols, and Eddie Murray. Um, only three players are in the 3,000 hits, 500 homers, and 300, batting 300 for their career. That's only Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Miggy. Um, and then only three members of the 3,000 hit, 500 homer, and 600 doubles club. Hank Aaron, Albert Pujols, and Miggy. Only thing I will say about Miguel Cabrera is my big, my fondest memory is when I was playing nine innings baseball on my phone. I pulled a night. I pulled like a 105 overall gold Miggy Cabrera. Never been happier, man. And then I won't go through all of these, but the final one I want to mention is 3000 hits, 500 homers and a triple crown. No other player in history has achieved that. No one has been 3,000 hits, 500 homers, and a triple crown winner. Miguel Cabrera, in my opinion, is one of the top three greatest hitters of all time. Um, He's the greatest hitter of our generation. I remember watching him when I first got into baseball when I was a kid, watching him with the Marlins. He was just phenomenal. He is just, he is the definition of a pure hitter. He, he, He knows how to hit. That's what he does best. Um, you know, his, his career has kind of gone into obscurity because he's in Detroit and Detroit has been bad for a long time. Um, so that's unfortunate. I really wish he could have been on a winning team. He did win a world series in Florida though. So, um, and then he, I think he almost won in Detroit in the early years when when Detroit was actually good. Um, or they may have actually won the world series that year. I think that Um, holds him back historically really has been team success. I don't think so. He he is the greatest hitter uh, like of our generation, one of the best hitters of all time. He's just so good. Um and congratulations to Miguel Cabrera. He's actually one of my one of probably one of my top 10 favorite players in the league. I like cuz he he loves the game. He's not controversial at all. 
Um, he just, he just plays. And then somebody asked him like, you know, how do you feel getting to 3000 hits? And he's like, I feel bad because we lost like that. I don't care about 3000 hits. We lost the game. Like that's the kind of guy I can get behind. Congratulations, Miguel Cabrera. You've had a phenomenal career. Seems like you don't have much time left in the league, but um, definitely first ballot Hall of Famer. Anybody who doesn't vote this man in the Hall of Fame should lose their status as a Hall of Fame voter. Um, but congratulations to Miguel Cabrera. And with that, we will jump into our NFL draft. Nice. Okay. Well, we have done a lot of, and we've done two mock drafts, but we've never done a full draft. Today, we're doing a full draft. And with that, no delaying, no beating a dead horse, the Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. And with the first pick in the 2022 NFL draft, the Jaguars select Trayvon Walker, edge rusher. Hey, Trayvon Walker. Yep. You're you're, You're going with the Vegas pick. I like it. Yes, trending. Um, you know, they need an edge rusher. And a lot of people, a lot of the experts are saying Aiden Hutchinson, which I still think they could go Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I don't think it would be a bad pick either way if they went with Aiden Hutchinson or Trayvon Walker. But obviously I'm a Georgia Homer, so I like that pick. Mm-hmm. All right. Number two is me, and I have the Detroit Lions. Um, the Detroit Lions need a couple of different things. I've heard that they could go with, um, I've heard they could even go with Malik Willis here, um, but I don't think they're going to do that. Um, I think that they're going to go with an edge rusher. That's their number one need. And I think they picked the hometown kid, Aiden Hutchison. Nice. Good pick. This one, of course I'm left with them again. I, I don't, I don't like picking for the Texans because I just don't know what direction they're going to go in. I think the Texans are in a spot where they could go anywhere, Zach. Literally, they could go anywhere. But I think they're going to take best available in their eyes. I think they're going to go Derek Stingley out of LSU. I think he's going to go high. I think Derek Stingley is going to be an anchor for their defense. That's going to be a surprising pick. A lot of mocks don't have him that high, but I think he does. I think that's an incredible reach, um, but it is the Texans. so. Um, I now have the Jets at number four. Um, again, they they could use a wide wide receiver, linebacker, corner. Um, but I think really what they need more than anything else is a safety. So I think they're going to go, they're going to reach, and they're going to go with Kyle Hamilton. Um, wow. It's not a reach in his talent. It's a reach in picking a safety this high is is not common. Yeah, um, and it's kind of risky, but they need it. Um, you know, they, they don't want to risk him not being available later in the draft. So the jets go with Kyle Hamilton. It's a good pick. I, I like Kyle Hamilton. I think he legitimately could go, I mean, like, like talent wise could go two to three, um, but it, going at four to the jets, the jets will like him a lot. Um, moving on to the giants, uh, staying in New York, staying in MetLife stadium. Actually, I think the giants are going to draft Kayvon Thibodeau out of Oregon. I think that it's a good pick for them. Um, I think it's kind of safe at five. I don't know. Like we talked about his issues, but I think it's a giants pick. I think he can have a lot of his tremendous upside cave on Thibodeau to the Giants. You have an interesting I like one here. It. I like, yeah, the Panthers, 
feel like they could go several different directions, but um, ultimately, um, I, they could use offensive line, but with their aggressive um, front office, their general manager is very aggressive. I got them going Malik Willis. I take. I think they take Malik Willis yeah. right here. I agree with you. Um, and I think the Falcons wanted him, and I, I think the Falcons would are going to be hoping that he drops to them at eight, but I don't think he's going to be available. Watch so I got mouth. Malik Willis Watch to Carolina. Your Watch your mouth. No Falcons fan wants that, by the way. No Falcons fan wants that. Anyways, number seven, I've got the Giants again, and I think they're going to address a huge need. They're going to pick best available tackle Evan Neal out of Alabama. Nice. Hey, he's, he's, you know, stud. He's a stud. stud. He's arguably in some people's eyes, the best tack, the best offensive lineman in the draft. Um, I think he's the second best um, behind Ike McQuanu, but it's a good pick. I mean, um, Alabama offensive linemen usually pan out. So yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah I mean, he can play multiple positions on the line. So it's a good pick. Surprise. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm interested here. All right. So I have the Falcons and the Falcons could use a lot of things. They really could really take just about anything, yep. but <laughs> somebody that has been trending on their social media page a lot yep. is sauce Gardner. So I think they take sauce Gardner here at Dude, eight. Thank you. I, I, if sauce Gardner legitimately could go three to the Texans, I think there's a lot of interest. I've heard a lot of teams, who are looking? I think he's better than Stingley. I think he will go before Stingley. I I think I think the Texans like Stingley. I've heard things that the Texans like Derek Stingley, but this is this is tremendous. You've got Sauce Gardner and AJ Terrell. That's the you've got a great secondary. That is a great start to a really solid secondary. I love that pick. Feels like I've got the hard ones. All right. Because I, I look, Seattle could go in so many directions here at nine, and I'm looking and looking and looking, and it's just like I don't know where they're gonna go. But I'm looking at one guy who's really, really been trending up. We talked about him earlier in the show with the number nine pick. I've got the Seattle Seahawks taking Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, edge rusher. Okay. Um, he his stock has flew up through the draft. He's a very talented kid, five-star, drafted by U, uh, or signed by UGA, then transferred over to Florida State. Jermaine Johnson will be a steal. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that's a good pick. Um, at number 10, uh, I have the Jets uh, with their, their second pick of the first round. Um, you know, I, I had them taking Kyle Hamilton. They, they need um, – Several different things, especially on defense, but I'm going to have them go um, with a. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit torn, but I think I think they really want to bolster their secondary, and I don't think the Jets have a long history of drafting very well. I think they're going to kind of reach here. I think they're going to take Trent McDuffie here at ten. Trent McDuffie, wow, that's a that's a name that's been trending down lately in the uh in the draft ranks but um that's that's a i like it i like it um it's a bold one for sure and now i've got um 
pick 11 for the uh, the commanders and look dude i think they're gonna i think they're i think they're going kenny pickett oh wow okay i think kenny pickett's the pick yeah i mean a lot of people that i've that i've heard that are covering the draft have him are saying are saying are saying that he's a third round he's a third round talent but he's going to go in the first round because he's NFL ready. Because he's ready. Yeah, because he's NFL ready, and because you kind of have to over overpay for a quarterback. If you want a quarterback, you have to take him sooner rather than later. So it's not a terrible pick. Um, I think he's probably the second or third best out of this draft class. I know several months ago I predicted that he was going to be the only one to pan out. I think my opinion on that has changed. Um, he's not been that impressive in his pro day. Um, took him four years to really blossom, uh, which is not a good sign. Um, so we'll see. I mean, maybe it works out for them. Maybe it doesn't, but I've got the Vikings at 12. Um, I think the Vikings could also go with the corner here. Um, mm, I think, yeah, you know what? I'm going to have the, the Vikings are going to go Andrew Booth Jr. Wow. Um, I high. Yeah, I think it may be a little bit of a reach, but they 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 really need a corner. Their their corners are aging. They need to bolster that secondary again. He's going to be the best one available at this point in the draft. They could have also went with um some some offensive line, but I think in terms of value, uh this is the most valuable position that they could have drafted right now. So, I've got them taking Andrew Booth. Um, I've got the Texans again, fun, fun for me, but I think the Texans, they're literally could go anything. This is their, uh, this is their pick from the Cleveland trade. I'm pretty sure at 13 and what their is this their, no, it's their second pick. Okay. Second this was their third pick in the first round, but I, this is a guy that I don't think is going to fall this far on draft day when you're listening to this, but at 13, you're going to Drake London wide receiver out of USC. He's the best wide receiver available. Um, and our last mock draft, I had him going four to the Jets. I still think I could see him going there. I could see him going eight to the Falcons. A lot of uh, a, a lot of options for Drake London. He literally could go as low as thirteen and as high as four. I agree. That's a good pick. Um, always in need of wide receivers. Yep. Um, number fourteen, uh, I have the Ravens. Um, I really think the Ravens need. Um, interior offensive linemen and interior defensive linemen. I think that's their biggest need right now. Um, but I don't, I don't know. Picking interior offensive linemen in the first round is usually very risky. Um, so I, I don't know. But there's also a thing about drafting with your needs versus your wants. I'm just going to go based off of what I, what I would do. This is what I would do if I'm a Baltimore Ravens uh, executive. I think Lamar Jackson needs another weapon. So I'll take Garrett Wilson at 14 to the Ravens. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's, I don't think that's who they're going to pick, but that's who I think that they need to pick because I need another weapon out there. Well, I also think you want to spite the Philadelphia Eagles because they were eyeballing Garrett Wilson in that, in that same spot right there. Um, and now it forces the, them into a weird spot. They've got 15 and 18. I legitimately could see the Eagles trading both their first round picks um, to trade down into this draft. But at this point, 
I think the I think they could trade it to the Cowboys. Cowboys want to move up. Yeah, Cowboys do, do want to move up. Um, I don't know if the Cowboys would be able to get the guy they want if it if things panned out like they have right now. But at 15, I think the Eagles are going to address their biggest need. They're going to take Devin Lloyd out of Utah, linebacker. I like it. I think he's the most NFL ready linebacker right now. Yeah. Um, no disrespect to um, our boy Nakobe Dean, but I think Devin Lloyd's a little bit more NFL ready right now, um, and I think he's a solid. I think he's a solid pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at number 16, I have the Saints. A lot of options. Um, Saints. Yeah, I think they could. I think they could potentially go quarterback, but they also need tackles. Um, and so I'm going to have them go with a non-sexy pick. Saints go Ike McQuanu here. This is a steal at 16. Ike McQuanu at 16 is something that if you would, if you tell the Saints, hey, you get to pick Ike McQuanu at 16, they would. Yeah. They would be happy. They would. Be I happy. mean, they just lost. Um, to Ron Armstead. So they, they need a replacement yeah. there. And I think I can, can, can be that. So 100%. 17, this is an easy one for me. This is the, this has been the trendy pick for the, the chargers here. They're going to bolster their defensive line and take Jordan Davis. Yeah. He he's, he's been trending very much to, uh, to the chargers. And so I've seen Devonte Wyatt and Jordan Davis kind of, but I think they're kind of dead set on an interior defensive lineman, which, Again, it's always a risky pick in the first round, but when you have a team that's already so talented, their first round pick is kind of just a luxury at this point. Yeah, so you got Bosa coming off one end and what Khalil is it Khalil Mack? Yeah. Khalil Mack, Bosa, and then you'll have somebody in the middle there. So yeah. All right. So the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I think they really need an edge rusher. Um, and so I think they're going to take the best edge rusher available, George Karlaftis. I think that's a great, I think it's a great pick. Um, he was a very underrated edge rusher out of Purdue. He didn't get a lot of attention because of where he played, but I think he led the big, t- I could be wrong, but I think he led the big 10 in like tackles for loss. He's always in the backfield. And I think he's a very underrated edge rusher. And I think the Eagles would love to have him at 18. He played for Purdue and that's the only reason he's not a top 10 pick. Yeah. At 19, I've got the Saints again, and I, I was very tempted for them to go double tackle here because Charles Cross is still on the board, but I don't think they do that. I think they bolster their wide receiver core and go Chris Olave out of Ohio State. I like that pick. They're trying. I mean, they, they've notoriously been offensive-oriented. With Dennis Allen, I think that they're going to kind of take a step back offensively and yeah. try to become more of a defensive powerhouse. But – can't win games without a wide receiver. So um, I, I like the pick. At number 20, the Steelers. Um, I think the Steelers, which it's very unlikely that Malik Willis would even fall this far, but I think if he would have fallen this far, the Steelers would have taken him in a heartbeat. Um, he's got a great relationship with um, Mike Tomlin. So um, they would have taken him if he's available. I don't think he's going to be available. I think they're going to go with a guy that I think fits the Steeler culture perfectly Tyler Linderbaum I think he fits their culture so well um so I'm gonna go with offensive linemen are are very very rare so yeah very good ones so I think that's a good pick I've got the Patriots at 21 um and I think they're gonna stick with a theme they're gonna get 
a Bama boy on the outside. Jamison Williams is going to go 21 to the, to the Patriots. I think they would look at corner. Even with the injury? I do think he's still going to go high because of the injury. Um, I, I think he's a top 10 pick without the injury. Uh, Jamison Williams, 21 to the Patriots, which is dangerous. Which is dangerous. Yeah, I think that's a super risky pick. A lot of people that I've, a lot of draft boards that I'm seeing saying that they're going to try it, they, they really like Nakobe Dean and that he's the kind of player that they want and that's who they are hoping will fall to them. And if not Nakobe Dean, Devin Lloyd. Um, but um, Bill Belichick does not have a good history of drafting wide receivers. Um, so maybe he tries to take a chance on Jamison Williams. It wouldn't be a bad pick at all, no, but, but I, I just don't. Yeah. Um, now, number 22, the Packers. Um, the Packers, they've got to replace Devontae Adams. Okay. That they, they don't have a choice. They have to replace him. Um, I think they could look at a guy like Sky Moore, but I think they're going to go with George Pickens at 22. Whoa. That's that. I, I like it. I have not seen much mocks with George Pickens going that high. It's a, it's, um, it is a risky pick, but I'm going based off the theory that I think the front office um, is willing to take some risks because they know, you know, they're not going to, they're not going to sign a bunch of top tier free agents anymore with, because they don't have any money to do that. Um, and I think out of all the available wide receivers, the most that's like Devonte Adams would be George Pickens. So yep. look, uh, 23, I've got the Cardinals, and there's no way this guy should still be on the board. They're drafting Charles Cross, tackle out of Mississippi State. Um, tr- could be the best tackle in the draft. And don't think he falls to 23. If he does fall to 23 to the Cardinals, they're walking away. Yes, they took an offensive lineman, but they're walking away with a dog. Yeah. Now you got your boys. My Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think more than anything, we need an edge rusher. But at this point, if we don't trade up, there's really not a lot of that available. Um, so I think we could go wide receiver. And I think Jerry Jones is going to, I think he's going to do it. I think he's going to get aggressive. He's tired of um, the underperforming every year. We just lost um, Amari Cooper. I think he reaches and goes Sky Moore here. Huh. I. I, really, I think we, I, I think honestly, if it's me, I go an offensive lineman, but knowing Jerry Jones and Jerry Jones does draft well, but sometimes he also drafts with his heart and not his head. And I think he's going to go with Sky Moore here. I think the more reasonable pick, if he goes wide receiver, there is Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, but Sky Moore jumping to 24 is big. And that a lot of questions would be asked with Jerry Jones by that pick. If he can prove it, it'll be another one of his, of his, is I mean, wipe your wipe your shoulder moments, you know. Yeah. So at twenty five, I'm going to go best available defensive lineman, um, another Georgia interior lineman, Devontae Wyatt at twenty five. It's a great pick. I think he'd be a great fit there. They've there already got a very Edo. yeah yeah they've already got a great um, you know defense there, and really the really the the main issue there is interior defensive lineman. That's really kind of the one main piece that they're missing. Yeah. Um, I think they could also go corner, but that's not a, definitely not a bad pick to go Devontae Wyatt. All right. I've got the Titans at 26. 
I think the Titans, I think they're just going to go with offensive linemen. They're not going to go with a sexy pick here, and they're going to take the best available in Bernard Raymond out of Central Michigan. Oof. Um, yeah, Bernard Raymond, he's a little high on pro football focus. There's some things on pro football focus I'm not a 100% like in agreement with. I think their pick there probably should be Trevor Pinning from Northern Iowa. But, I mean, Bernard Raymond very well could be good. I think the Buccaneers are upset at the Bills at this point because they took their guy. I think Devontae Wyatt was the guy that they were looking at. I think they're going to go with their next knee. They're going to go Zion Johnson, interior guard out of Boston College. Yeah, that's who I thought they would go with too, Zion Johnson. All right, number 28, the Packers again. So they've gotten their wide receiver. They need offensive linemen. You know, they the Packers are typically an organization. They don't make a lot of sexy picks. They're kind of boring with their picks. I think they're going to take the next best available, Tyler Smith out of Tulsa. Tyler Smith. So you're not you're 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 looking over Trevor Penning again. I, I think Trevor Penning's a little overrated, honestly. I mean, there's there's a lot of highlight videos of him like dominating people. But then you have like the elite pass rushers going up against him and they just embarrass him. So I think he's a little overrated. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, 29, I've got the Chiefs. And they're taking Traylon Burks, which is scary. Traylon Burks is going to immediately step into the Tyreek Hill role. I think he's going to he's got he's got all the pieces for that. And Patrick Mahomes has another guy. Uh, I don't think he can be a, a Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill is small and fast. Traylon Burks is big. He's more of like a Terrell Owens type, which is still scary. I mean, a Terrell Owens is a Hall of Fame wide receiver. Um, not saying that Traylon Burks will be Terrell Owens, but he's kind of the big physical wide receiver. Um, so that's it's still a very solid pick. And then the Chiefs have a back-to-back pick here at number 30. Um, they've already gotten the wide receiver. I think. They're going to want to bolster their um, their defensive line. Um, I don't know. Um, they also could use a corner. I think they'll go Kyir Elam out of Florida. Kyir Elam, wow. I mean, I don't like Kyir Elam. I don't like him either. 31, the Bengals. Uh, they could use interior linemen. Big time. And at this time, or offensive linemen. Oh, they just signed two. I think they go Trevor Penning, Northern Iowa. Wow. They just signed two, and then they're gonna then they're gonna draft one. They can move one to guard. 100 percent Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a possibility. Um, I think they they really would need to go corner like Jalen Petrie or Daxton Hill. Um, but you know. It's not a bad pick at all. It's not a sexy pick. They really don't need much. I mean, they made the Super Bowl, um, so they don't need a whole lot. Um, definitely, I think, and there's a lot of people saying that Tyler Linderbaum could fall pretty far in the first round because he's more of just a luxury pick. Yeah. If he falls to 31, the Bengals are taking him. Oh, yeah. 100%. Um, so, um, and then so- the Lions. The Lions at 32, the final pick of the first round. Um, they've already got their edge rusher that they need. I think here 
can also use a linebacker and a defensive back. There's two of those screaming. I think they're going to take N'Kobe Dean. Yeah. N'Kobe Dean, the last last pick of the first round. Absolute freaking steal. Um, just tremendous. If that if they end up getting N'Kobe Dean at 32, um, if they don't take N'Kobe Dean, N'Kobe Dean is a second round draft pick. Just, I mean, wow. Right? Wow. That uh, for for me personally, I hope he does fall into the early second round, so he actually ends up on a competitive team. Yeah, I don't want him to fall into mediocrity. Or no, no, not early in the second round, but a second. Falls, I'll be falls to a good team. You know, I don't want him to fall into mediocrity. So, well, as a recap, and I'm going to do this in one breath. You ready? Let's do it. Trayvon Walker, Aiden Hutchins, Derek Stingley Jr., Kyle Hamilton, Kayvon Thibodeau, Malik Willis, Evan Neal, Ahmad Gardner, Jermaine Johnson the second, Trent McDuffie, Kenny Pickett, Andrew Booth Jr., Drake London, Garrett Wilson, Devin Lloyd, E.K. McWanu, Jordan Davis, George Karlaftis, Chris Olave, Tyler Lindebaum, Jamison Williams, George Pickens, Charles Cross, Sky Moore, Devontae Wyatt, Bernhard Raymond, Zion Johnson, Tyler Smith, Traylon Burks, Kyer Elam, Trevor Penning, and Kobe Dean is your first round for the MGZB official review, official Full round moss. This, this one's getting a stamp. We're not changing anymore because we kind of can't at this point. We can't. Um, so hey, let's let's make a competition out of it. Let's see how many you get right and how many I get right. Yeah. Um I mean, I'll, winner, I don't know. We'll we'll do some kind of bet where the winner has where the loser has to do well, we something. You know how bets go for us. Yeah. But we we could literally get zero because you know no, we'll trade. No, because think about it. Trayvon Walker could go two instead of one, and then I don't get I don't get a point for that because I picked him at one and he went two. You know, we could potentially get zero points. Zero. I, I'm going to get one of these right. Um, I'm very confident with 17 in Jordan Davis. Yeah, I'm I'm very confident in uh, Sauce Gardner to the Falcons. I'm very confident in that pick. There's a reason why he's been trending on their social media page. Like, I I, I follow the Falcons on social media. I don't really know why I follow them because I'm not a fan of them. Um, I think it's because I get chuckles when they laugh and they post about it on, on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like that. But um, literally for the last two weeks, like three times a week, they're posting sauce Gardner highlights and be like, imagine him and AJ Terrell again. Like they keep posting it. So I think yeah. there's a lot of interest there. Um, I'm also hearing that if Malik Willis is available, they'll take him. Which I know Falcons fans are not oh. excited about that, but they—that's what Terry Fontenot wants to do. Terry Fontenot came out today and said, "We are drafting quarter. We want to leave. We want to leave the court, the draft with a quarterback." I think the more realistic opportunity for them is second round. I think they're looking at Des Ritter, which is scary as a Falcons fan because Des Ritter feels like a bigger Marcus Mariota. <laughs> but hey, Sam I mean, Sam Hurl could very well be available. They don't like Sam Howell. Yeah, like that. Terry Fontenot is very much on this whole Desmond Ritter, Malik Willis train, very mobile quarterback. Like, I think that's what Artie wants, but I don't know. Uh, it scares me the fact that we could walk out with a could walk out with two Cincinnati players. Your first two picks are Cincinnati players. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Sauce Gardner and Desmond Ritter. You're right. Well, Sauce Gardner, I'll take. Yeah. My gosh. Okay. Well, hope you guys enjoyed that. No more mock drafts um, for, for a while. Which is sad, but until next year, till next year. Um, those are, but hard, hey, though, I'm not gonna hey, lie. The, the fun thing about the draft is it means that football season is not too far away. Yes, it's approaching. It's approaching. As it'll be here before you said, know. the football season is coming. The football season is coming. 
You know, he said that, right? <laughs> Do you know Paul Revere said that? Paul Revere said that? Yeah, yeah. Paul Revere said that. I think the history textbooks got it wrong. He didn't say the British are coming. He said football season's coming. He was, he's the creator of football. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyways, guys, hope you guys enjoyed. With all that, I thought we were going to run way over time. We did not. We're right on schedule. Like always, we're the best. Keep listening. Uh, leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. Interact with our social medias, Facebook and TikTok. Email us questions. Let us know what you want to see us do better. Roast the heck out of us. Say we're amazing. I don't care. Just interact with us. We love this. I think well, this is what? Episode, what is this, 25? Something like that, yeah. 20, 25 episodes. It's in, the, it's in the mid-20s, yeah. Which is crazy. Thank you guys for, I mean, at least giving us enough support for where we want to come back every week and do this. Um, we're not going to, we're, we're going to, we're going to be here. We're going to keep doing our thing. So if you guys do your thing, we'll keep making it even better every single week. Thank you guys. We love you guys. I'm Mitchell Graham. That's Zach Brown. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the official review. Before you go, I just wanted to give you a couple ways that you can stay connected with the show. First is our email, mgzbsportsnetwork at gmail.com. With this email, you can stay connected. Ask us questions that we will answer on the show. Also, if you want to follow us on TikTok under the same name, we post very, very frequently about everything that's happening. And also, if you just want to check Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts Thursday morning at 8 a.m. for every single episode of the official review. Thank you, and we love you. Peace.